Something that you may not know about that um, maybe uh, you need to know about is that we actually have a, another service that we, we offer, a gathering, if you will, that we have on Saturday nights at 5 o'clock. I guess it would technically be Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock. And I will tell you that the Saturday night service, um, we usually run around 50 to 60 people or so. Um, so it's a much smaller gathering than this one which is totally fine with us, um, but I, I know that there may be some of you that are feeling like maybe I didn't know that, and I'd love to be able to check that out, sleep in on Sunday or what have you, but here's what's really cool about Saturday nights that we have noticed. Saturday night is the first moment that we get a taste of what God is going to do over the weekend. It's the first time that we're able to kind of like dialogue and to dig into the word and to kind of see what God is going to do. Um, the set is typically very similar in terms of the music. The message is typically very, very similar um, between Saturday and Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I would, I'm just praying that we would see that service grow a little bit. And I know that um, I, I believe that it's just an awesome, awesome night. We, we love it. We have what we call our Saturday night diehards. Like they just are here every week. But some of you have, were, were telling me just even last week, I didn't know that you had a Saturday night service. So that is an awesome time for you to connect. So uh, mind, body, soul, beef jerky. beef jerky. We made it. It's beef jerky week. Are you excited or what? Oh man, this might be one of my most hated messages that you'll ever hear me give, just because it's, it's the beef jerky, man. It's amazing. Um, so mind, body, soul, beef jerky. If you haven't been with us, here's what we've been doing. Week one, we talked about mind. We talked about how the mind, our minds are always looking for a way and an opportunity to change our story. And then we looked at our body in, the, in week two. And our, week two was all about the fact that our body is how we express our story. We talked about the beggar who was healed. And when he got healed, he didn't just sit there. He got up and he jumped around and he let everybody know. And there was one and amazement. It was awesome. And then last week, we talked about our soul and the fact that our soul is what animates our story. And this week, we're talking about beef jerky. And everybody's been wondering, like, where in the world is Joe going? Don't worry. We're going to figure it out. We're going to make a connection. But here's what I'll tell you right now, that beef jerky is the fuse to our story. And I was trying to figure out what's the right word there, but it fuses it. And I feel like beef jerky is what kind of gets all of the other three things going. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more in just a second. But I want you to watch this video because, well, let me say this. We were... In the very first weeks, I was trying to explain to you guys like how this, this uh, series came about. And it was when I was having dinner with a buddy of mine, and we were talking about his life and how, like, what he does and his routines and all that stuff. And, you know, he was doing some of the right things, and he was definitely connecting, but he felt like there was not a connection with him and God. He felt distant. It felt like God was far away. And as we discussed that and as we talked about it, what we did is we said, well, what if we were to try something? And let's just try for like 21 days where you're going to actually, yep, keep reading your Bible and praying for sure, but to also add in, like intentionally add in time every day where you're going to engage your mind. Maybe you're going to read a book, and he's like, man, I actually just started a book. It's really cool. I'm like, all right, keep reading that. That's going to engage your mind, but also your body. Like, get outside. At that time, it wasn't 50 below, so it was a little better, but I was like, get outside, run, exercise, whatever you want to do. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour and a half. I don't care what it is, but get your heart rate up. 
And, and then we talked a little bit about beef jerky. And this is kind of where beef jerky comes from. I want you to just watch this short video. It's about a minute long. And it's a couple of Navy SEALs talking about getting up early in the morning. All right, so here we go. Let's see if we can get it to roll with sound. Number one, just out on a, Number one, just out on a practical side. If you wake up early in the morning, like at 4.30 in the morning, you're gonna have some free time to yourself to make things happen, to take care of things that are important to you. You know, if you try and work out at 4.30 in the afternoon, how many people are gonna chip away at that time? Your boss, your job, your work, your family, your other obligations that you might have. At 4.30 in the morning, all those people are asleep. The other side of it is just straight up self-discipline. It's not fun to get out of bed early in the morning. When the alarm goes off, it doesn't sing you a song, it hits you in the head with a baseball bat. So how do you respond to that? Do you crawl underneath your covers and hide? Or do you get up, get aggressive, and attack the day? People have sent me articles about how discipline dissipates the more you use it. The more you use your willpower, the weaker it gets. Whatever scientist wrote that, contact me, because you're wrong, it's not true. If you have discipline, if you have willpower, the more you use them, the stronger they get. You don't lose will throughout the day. You don't say, oh no, it's, it's, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, where are the chocolate chip cookies? No, actually you feel good, you feel mentally strong, and you say, no, I don't need any chocolate chip cookies. Where's the beef jerky? Cause I'm gonna get it. All right, are you gonna get the beef jerky? Are you gonna get the beef jerky? Say, yes I am. And if you want a piece of homemade teriyaki beef jerky, raise your hand because we've got a, all kinds of it coming out your way, all right? And it is really, really good. I got a taste test this week and I ate the whole bag in like a couple of minutes. It's so good. So there is beef jerky going around. If you're watching on the live stream, this is why once in a while you should be in the room, all right? You should be in the room once in a while. We love you and we're happy that you're listening, but we cannot email you or fax you beef jerky. I, I, I apologize. This was made by none other than Bill Kanabi right here in the center section. Thank him. I'm a little offended that no one brought me a piece, but we'll get it later. We're good. We're good. So here's what it's all about. As you guys are like chewing on this amazing beef jerky, what I want you to think about is the fact that what it's really wrapped around is this idea of discipline, willpower, uh, tenacity, perseverance, all of those things, grit, all of those things are what's wrapped up in the beef jerky idea. That you know what, it's what, exactly, exactly what he said, is that you have discipline that you can activate in your life. You can say, I'm gonna get after it. We say in the, the student group all the time, we're gonna get after it, and if it's not hard, we don't do it. Because students, we like to, as, as, as people, even all of us as adults, we like to say, if it's hard, we don't wanna do it. But we've come up with this idea, if it's not hard, we don't do it. And it means that we do the hard things. And the idea of beef jerky is having the perseverance, the tenacity, the grit to stay in the game when you want to give up. When your soul says, I am hurting, I am tired, and your body is just really racked with cold because it's 50 below outside, but your mind says, no, we're going to do this. Or your mind, you wake up in the morning and says, you know what, we're not doing this today. And your body is tired, and your body doesn't want to get out of bed, but your soul rises up inside of you and says, we're going to do this. Or maybe your mind is tired and your soul is tired, but somehow your body it just gets up and says, we're just doing this today. We're getting out of bed and we're going to attack the day. 
The idea behind beef jerky is staying in the game even when it's hard. The things that are going to connect mind, body, and soul for you on a consistent basis and going to consistently motivate you is the fact that you're going to dig it deep into a well of something that you're going to grab onto and you're going to continue the work. You hear it all the time. You see that people say in Scripture, God, send me, or I will go. These are the types of ideas that we're talking about today. And so if you're ready to give up, if you came here and you were dragged here, and you're like, I'm out, and this is my last chance, God, I don't really care anymore. I don't feel you at all. I feel very distant, distant to you. This message is for you. Because what I'm telling you right now is that you were wired to have grit, you were, listen to me, you were wired to be a persevering person, someone who does not give up. That's how you were wired. And sometimes things in life comes on us and becomes a weight to us that slows that momentum down. But it's all about momentum and understanding what we've been called to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are the God that works and wills inside of us. Lord, your word says that the Spirit of God, when we don't want to, your Spirit works in us and wills in us. That means that when we don't want to, we can tap into your Spirit, God, and you will give us the tenacity and the perseverance supernaturally to keep going and not give up. And so, Lord, as we look at your word, as we look at what your word says about us and about you and Jesus, what you did and how you persevered, And how you looked beyond the cross to something amazing. And you stuck to it, Lord. We just pray that you would make that true of us in Jesus' name. Galatians 6, 9 is really simple. It says this, let us not become weary in doing good. Some of you are weary in doing good today. And you're looking for like an attaboy. Some of you, your your love language is words of of encouragement or words of affection or words of affirmation. Thank you. You got all you five love languages like gurus. That's awesome. You're looking for the attaboy, but the attaboy comes when you don't give up. And it may not come right when you want it. Because it says for at the proper time, not the time that you want it, but at the proper time, you're going to reap a harvest if what? If we do not give up. Scripture is clear. We are people who are to not give up. We are people who's not to give up. Now here, I have a couple of bits of good news for you today, if you're here. This is the first one. In order to have perseverance, you do not need to know everything. You don't need knowledge to have perseverance. Now let's review We've talked about this. One of the things that we do when we are hurt in life, someone does something to us or something happens or we do something and we have pain in our life. We feel guilt. We feel pain. We feel shame. We bury that. And I talked about it last week. How do we bury it? We bury it with knowledge. And the reason why we want more knowledge to to kind of bury that, is to make sure that that doesn't happen again. So, Joe, tell me all the God things that I need to do. Tell me all the check boxes I need to check off so God likes me. 
so that I can earn his favor. Or tell me what I need to do to stay healthy in my mind or in my body so that I can check all the boxes. What I can tell you is that it's very clear in Scripture, especially in Hebrews 11.8, where it talks about Abraham. And it says this, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. How many of you rode with a friend today? All right, cool. How many of you got in the car not knowing where you were going? Nah, right? Nobody does that. Maybe you did. If you did, but you're welcome. This is amazing. It's great to have you here today. But you don't need to have knowledge to have perseverance. Abraham didn't know where he was going, and he went. Man, I don't know. How does that relate to your story? Here's the thing. We... We're, we're crazy around here at Second Place. We make sweatshirts that are, have a misspelling on them on purpose. You guys will see it in a second. But here's what's crazy about this place. We say, you know what? Human trafficking is a problem. Human trafficking is something that we need to do something about it. From the start of this ministry, we said we're going to do something about it. And about two, three, two years ago or so, we started a nonprofit called Provision Lab. And we said, you know what we're going to do is we're going to address the issues of human trafficking in a unique way. We started with a 5K to build awareness. And now we're training utility workers all across Illinois about what it looks like to see human trafficking and to be aware of what's happening. We're in schools now. Yeah, we're in schools teaching about human trafficking. And helping these students, and more importantly, well, not necessarily more importantly, but just as importantly, to help the teachers and the administrators realize that it's an issue in their school. And they're freaking out. And people said, don't do it. People said, why would a church do that? I don't know. There's where we're going, I think. So we're going to figure it out as we go. We said, you know what? This warehouse is empty for 99% of the week. How can we fill this warehouse and be a ministry to the community? And we come up with this crazy idea to start a child care center. And we say, we're just going to open it up. We've already got children's ministry rooms. We're going to deck those out for Sundays and Saturday nights. Super cool. But let's put them to work during the week. And people are like, don't do that. Why would a church do that? Focus on Sundays, dude. And I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like we're supposed to move. And so we move, and we do it. And now we have all the families except for one are not from second place that go to Child Care Center. Natural Discovery Child Care Center is an outreach to this community. And word's getting out. We're crazy. This is what our story is where you don't know exactly where you're headed, but you're going to go anyway. You don't need knowledge to have perseverance. That's a little bit of good news, right? Here's the second bit of good news. You guys ready for this one? Anybody ever feel like you're just average? I got it easy because my name is Joe. I'm an average Joe. (laughs) It just works, you know? Here's what Angela Duckworth wrote a book called Grit. If you have time, read it or listen to it like I did. 
And the book is all about research and showing exactly how is it that people achieve what they achieve. How do they get to the best being the best of the best? Here's what she's going to say. Talent is not the key. You don't have to have talent to have perseverance. Can I get an amen? For all of us average folks out there, you just need a little bit of talent, but you know what you need to make sure that that thing goes to achieve great things, to do awesome things, is you just need a little bit of effort. Because your effort is a multiplier when it comes to achievement. You're wondering, why am I not making progress? Why is this not working? Here's what I'm going to tell you. If you simply are doing the work and trying a little bit every day, effort is a multiplier. She talks about this. This is what it looks like. In the equation, any, any math majors, here we go. So, next slide, Joy. Talent times effort equals skill. Okay? So if you have a little bit of talent, not a lot, that's the good news. You don't need a lot of talent, just a little bit of talent, and you multiply that with effort, you get a skill. Skills are good, right? And then if you take the skill and you multiply that by effort, you get achievement, right? And so if you were to say, all you math majors, skill equals talent times effort. So let's, let's substitute skill with talent times effort. So what the equation becomes is talent times effort times effort equals achievement. This means that your effort is not worth double. It is worth, a, you're squaring it, whatever that means. Like you're going talent times effort squared is what equals achievement. So your effort is a multiplier. It's not adding. Somebody in this room better believe that that's some good news, right? Especially for this guy. Because when you get into the thick of it of opening up a child care center with our lovely friends at DCFS, hello out there, you better have the effort. I'll tell you right now, we didn't have the talent. We didn't know what all the requirements were. We got into it, and the stacks of paperwork just got thicker and thicker. But you know what we did? Every single day we worked on it, and we chipped away at it. And eventually we opened that sucker. We did and it's because we didn't have the talent, but we had the effort, and the effort was a multiplier. And some of you are backing off because you don't feel like you know enough or you don't feel like you have enough talent. What I'm telling you is you just need to buckle down and continue to try. That's good news for somebody. So how do, in her book, how do we stay motivated? How do we stay focused? How do we stay in the game? There's two things she talks about. It's attaching some small daily goals to a large big vision. This combining of small, low-level daily goals with a large vision. So you need two things. You need two things. You need this idea of a large, big dream, something greater than you that's meaningful to you and that can inspire you for a very long time. And some of you today are missing that thing. You are going through the motions and you will eventually burn out because there's nothing pulling you forward. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's a degree. Maybe it's something that's going to happen when you have that degree or that job that you want. Whatever you're going to do, you're going to see, you're seeing influence or your ability to change the world increasing and you're believing in that. 
that's awesome. But there's got to be this large vision that's bigger than you. This is what attracts me to you guys. To be like, yeah, let's try it. Let's just make up, let's just do a 5K real quick in two months. Let's just make it happen. Let's just real quick throw open the doors of a child care center. Let's just create this nonprofit that's going to end up training people around the state about human trafficking. This is the type of stuff that we're talking about. This is the big dream. I'm inspired by that. And I believe that every single one of you, God has called you to something bigger, something bigger than you. And the second thing you need is you need those small, low-level, daily goals. And this is the part that I struggle with. I do. I, I, I have no problem making a to-do list, Aaron. Like, no problem. I think the issue for me is prioritizing that list and saying, okay, God, all right, what are we doing? So we have a conversation every day. We're like, all right, what am I going to do today? What, what, how are we going to make this thing happen? And that's the other thing you need is to break down those goals that you're trying to get to into small daily steps. Some of you are, are to-do list people and you've got that down. You are one half of the way there. All you need is a greater vision that's going to pull you forward. And some of you have the big vision, but you're brutal at the to-do list. You need to get people around you to help you with that or whatever it is. You can do this thing. Are you guys feeling it? There's three of us. Awesome. We're going to change the world. Just us three. You watch. So here's the hard work, all right? Now we're going to go for it. Pixar. We talked about Pixar last week, right? And everybody's like, oh, I love, you know, like Nemo. He's awesome. Um, so I'm reading the book, Creativity, Inc., by the founder of, of Pixar, one of the founders. And he talks about, like, the different processes and the different technologies that they had to develop in order to make the movies awesome. And one of them is called motion blur. And so what happens when you, initially, when they were making these movies, what would happen is that every, if, like, something, you guys know what this scene is? Incredibles, when the boss gets thrown through the walls, you know? What happens initi happened initially with the software is what would happen is that when something like this would happen, every single frame would be perfectly in focus. Because the computer, I mean, is perfect, right? So it just every frame is perfect. And, and that was a problem because that doesn't look like real life to us. And so this is what Ed Catmull says in his book. He says this quote. He says, you got it there, girl? You're figuring it out. You got it. When moving objects are in perfect focus, viewers experience an unpleasant strobe-like sensation which they describe as jerky. I didn't make this up. I read this after we started this series. I'm like, beef jerky. The, the blur keeps our brains from noticing the sharp edges, and our brains regard this blur as natural. Without motion blur, our brains think something is wrong. Keep that quote up there for a second, all right? Here's the issue. When it comes to effort and when it comes to perseverance and tenacity, what we can do is we can stay committed in an unhealthy way. Are you guys with me? What we can do is we can keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. We're screwing up, but we don't want anyone to know. So I'm going to move from here to there, but I don't want you to know all my screw-ups. I'm just going to let you know about what I'm doing right. And I'm going to let you know that every frame 
of my story is perfectly in focus. And then you kind of come off a little bit like a jerk. Because who is perfect? Has anybody ever known anybody like that? Maybe you raise your hand. Probably you, right? You, you put out this, this mask, this character that's got it all together, and that you're like, man, I'm one of the hardest working people around. Let me show you. Look at all the things that I do. Look at all the perfect things that I've got going on. Don't look at the baggage. Don't look at the closet. Don't look at the stuff over here. But look at all the perfect things. And what it looks to us like is it's, it's not natural, and something is wrong. Something is wrong because people don't live like this. It's not about perfection. It's about motion blur. It's about the fact that when, when we don't hit the mark every single time and we're able to talk about it with some trusted friends and to work through it, all of a sudden it becomes more natural and believable. He literally says that they could not have released the movies if they did not have motion blur as an effect. No one would have watched them. And no one's going to watch your life if you appear to be perfect all the time. Are you guys with me? Here's where we go deeper. The work that we really need and the perseverance that we really need the effort that we really need to apply is to unpack an unhealthy effort, an unhealthy commitment. Here's what that looks like. I'm married. My marriage is a wreck. But I'm too Christian to get divorced. So I'm just kind of like holding out. I just kind of like have this business deal with her and we're just going to go through life. Divorce isn't an option and I just have this commitment, this commitment that I'm going to go. And it's like, oh, awesome. Awesome. I'm sure she feels great about that, right? You're committed to a broken marriage. Here's where the perseverance comes in. The perseverance comes in when you are willing to ask this question, why isn't my marriage working? And then together doing the work to go back and unpacking that and saying, you know what? This is why. And then beginning to reignite that commitment with each other. Are you guys getting this? Moving toward the pain takes perseverance. This is what it's all about. So you have this unhealthy situation. And you say, you know what? I'm just going to stay committed no matter what. The pain is what we need to move towards. Some of you are, and I've had conversations um, uh, about this with folks, and, and let's just go to another nerve. Some of you, um, many of you in the room, your, your parents are divorced, okay? And, and maybe they, they got divorced when you were younger or when you were older, and, and some of you would say, man, it's, it was a great thing, actually, that they got divorced because they just weren't feeling it anymore. Have you ever heard that before? Like, it's just a great thing. Like, it was, it was actually kind of a, a God thing that they got divorced. It's it important. Now, I'm not going to try to oversimplify all of that, but what I am going to say to you is, I think that there was probably a little more pain in the divorce for you as a kid than maybe what you just described. As you're smiling at me about how it was a good thing that your mom and dad got divorced. But you're committed. 
and you're happy, but there was pain. And it's been buried. And what's crazy is that Jesus moves towards pain because he knows that it kills your perseverance. It kills your ability to move forward and gain momentum spiritually. Are you guys still with me? Jesus is our example. Look at what it says when we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with what? With perseverance, the race marked out for us, for you, for me, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. But continue on, continue looking. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, the pain, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus is our example, guys. He's saying to you, I moved through the pain. When he had the option, he had the desire, he prayed in the garden, he said, God, Father, if there's any other way than moving through the pain of the cross, Please make it so. And even though the Father did not answer that and there was no other way, he went to the cross and he died for you and I. And the reason is, is because on the other side of the pain is he saw the freedom that we would all get. Do you guys see this? Perseverance is Jesus' idea. And here's what happens. When we try to go back into our story, and we try to address that pain from the past, in our name, it feels very hard, and it's very broken, and it's not usually, doesn't usually go very well at all. But when we travel back and we go there in Jesus' name, the chains of our past are broken. The things that have been hurting us and, and affecting the way that we behave today are broken in Jesus' name. When he goes with you into your story and he goes to that pain point and he says, I'm going to heal that so that you then can apply that effort and exponentially do some awesome things for the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus wants to do. By the way, how did those papers go this week? Did anybody grab a paper last week? Last week, we had papers that were available to you, and you could take one, and there was a simple question on that that I didn't tell, what anybody, didn't tell you what it was. And I said the question is going to only be able to be answered if you answer it with your soul, because the, the question was this, what does Jesus want to say to you? What does Jesus want to say to you right now? I'll tell you that it's a lot of healing, it's a lot of power, it's a lot of love, it's a lot of value and worth and identity. That's what Jesus wants to say to us. So um, what are you going to do? The band can come up. What are you going to do? Well, maybe you do 30 days and you say this, I'm going to do a 30-day challenge and every day I'm going to move my body, I'm going to get my heart rate up. I'm going to walk, I'm going to run, I'm going to do something. 
I'm going to engage my mind. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Or I'm going to get a journal. I'm going to write to engage my mind. Or maybe you say, I'm going to do this 30-day challenge. I'm going to move my body. I'm going to engage my mind. And I'm going to invest in my soul. I'm going to be with God. I'm going to sit quietly and listen to what does Jesus want to say to me. I'm going to spend time listening and moving toward the pain, but also the freedom that comes when we go there. You guys, this is not for the weary. Well, it is for the weary, but it's for those of us that have that desire to see freedom in our life and to see that achievement for the kingdom happen. Maybe you're here today and you are ready to give up. Maybe your soul is just so broken. Well, God is here to heal that. Begin that healing. Or maybe you were here today and your mind was not set on the things above and you've been kind of like thinking about all the stress and all the things that are discouraging you and God is here to say, help, let me help you through the Spirit of God, supernaturally help you refocus your mindset into a place that He can bring you to freedom and power and wholeness. Over the past several weeks during this, this series, we've been asking and challenging you to do something different. To, to maybe change your mindset the first week or the second week, to do something with your body during worship that you haven't done before. Kneel, bow, raise your hands, open your mouth and sing for the first time. To move in the warehouse and find a place where you can pray or just be alone with God. To get communion, to do whatever it is that God is stirring in your heart to do. Some of it is you don't even know what's going to happen if you were to come up here. But you're going to make an Abraham move and say, I don't care, but I'm going to go because I know I need to do something. Let me tell you what that is. That is the effort and the perseverance inside you that activates your body to move. It activates your body to push a chair out of the way and say, I'm going to make this declaration to God right now that something today is changing. I'm no longer this person that's a robot trying to do the things, but I need a bigger vision and I'm going to step out or I'm going to raise my hands and I'm going to receive that from God and I'm going to pray that through until I can write it out and say, this is the big vision I'm going for. Let's stand. I feel like I'm yelling. Is that all right? I'll tell you what, this is, this is the message that unlocks the other three. Did you hear what I said? This is the message that unlocks the other three. And let me be clear, this is not about effort and your own willpower. It's involved, but it's in there with the Holy Spirit. Scripture is clear. When you don't want to, when you want to give up, the Spirit of God works and wills inside you so that you will do the good work. Think about what that means. He works in you, and we all talk about that, and it's like, oh yeah, the Holy Spirit's really working. But he also wills inside of you. That means that right now, if you're ready to give up, if you don't want to, if you don't want to raise your hands, or you don't want to sing, or you don't want to move, you can do, you can do this prayer. You can pray this prayer and say, Holy Spirit, I don't want to. Holy Spirit, come inside me and will inside me supernaturally the desire to do the work you have for me. Holy Spirit, 
we believe the words that we sing. This first song we're singing that we're going to fix our eyes on you. Somehow, some way, God, there is something about where we fix our eyes that determines our destiny. And so, God, we pray right now that our eyes would be fixed on you. And there's this idea that when we come to you and we taste just a little bit of what you are like, that, Lord, that we can never walk away the same. Lord, help us to reach out to you today to taste what you are like. And Lord, when we're called out on the water and when we are, our, our, our fear is, is welling up inside of us, Lord, we know that we will walk on water where you call us, God. And Lord, we believe with our heart that as your spirit is in this place and in us, that a miracle can happen right now. The miracle of us not giving up. The miracle of our healing continuing. Today, if you want to pray with, with someone, um, Sarah and I will be available um, in the back on this side and we'd be happy to pray with you. But guys, as we sing, and Lord, as we sing, may our words be true, and may these words not just be lyrics on a screen, but may they be heartfelt today. In Jesus' name. Lord, we sense that a miracle can happen right now, God. Your Spirit is here. Your Spirit is here. Went a little long today what I want to tell you, maybe you sticking through this and persevering on a little lengthier day is for me to be able to tell you what God says right now. Because some of you have never had something spoken over you and you're running on fumes because for whatever reason, you didn't have this spoken over you. You've got this. You can do this. You've been called to this. Your big dream is bigger than you know. And you are on track. Because you're listening. You can hear the Holy Spirit whisper to you. You can step out in faith and not in fear. Somebody missed it in your life. And they didn't tell you that when you needed to hear it. And I'm here to tell you what Jesus says to you right now is you've got this because he's got you. So God, we give you our brokenness, our imperfection, our motion blur. We give you all of the things, God, our fear, and we surrender them to you, God. And Lord, we pray that as we surrender those things, that breakthrough would happen in our lives. That this week, that breakthrough would happen in our lives. That there would be something different this week. And Lord, we want to give it all to you. All of the glory, all of the credit, all of the awesomeness, Lord, is yours. Lord, may we be a people 
says, if I have to stay here until 4 o'clock tonight to get a breakthrough, I will. If I have to do a 30-day challenge, or I need to make sure that I am connecting the mind, body, and soul, if I need to do that, then I will, because I want that breakthrough. And it's coming. I'm right on the edge, God. Every single one of us is right on the edge of breakthrough. May we be those people this week and be light in dark places. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great, great week. We'll see you soon.